DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We are joined now by Dave Southern, Boise State Bronco rider, covering the Broncos for The Athletic. Dave, good morning. How's it going? I, I was very excited because I'm a David, and my only brother's name is Patrick, so I'll always be on that show anytime. That is freaky. <laughs> it, it really is. It really is, but, but, it, but it's awesome. It, it, it works out pretty nice. So, we're practically family. We've established that. That's good. Exactly. <laughs> and then the second thing I noticed is the Boise State family split up. The quarterback is in the Broncos camp. The running back is in the Vikings camp. Got two leading receivers in the Ravens and the Cardinals camp. Who's left? Who's going to be taking the ball into the end zone for the Broncos this year? Or, as BYU and Utah State fans might hope, maybe nobody will be taking. They, they fell down. It's falling apart. The dream dies here. The run is over. The Broncos are a shadow of their former selves. Nope. They're picked to win their division. They're not. So who's going to get it done for them? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great question. And, of course, one that uh, we've all been, you know, trying to pay as much attention to as we can and try to figure out what the heck's going on. And so far... The answers are not there. Uh, I will say part of the reason, of course, that they're picked to win it is uh, they have some depth. I think that uh, at quarterback, it's, you know, I, right now it really looks like to me it's either going to be Chase Cord, who's a sophomore, or Hank Bachmeyer, the true freshman. Um, and, of, and of course, that that's that's the hottest contested position battle right now because they've had such a great tradition of quarterbacks, and they lose a four-year starter in Ripon, as you mentioned. Uh, that's, that's a huge deal, and so. Either one of those guys, I think, are probably the front runners. Um, at running back, uh, th- that that's just a jumbled mess right now. There, there, there used to be, they've had ten straight years with a one thousand yard rusher, and this year is the most up in the air. There always was an obvious guy next up, and now they have Robert Mahone, who's a junior, Andrew Van Buren, who's a sophomore, and it looks like George Holani, who's a true freshman, is going to be in the mix too. So, all three of those will play, and eventually one of those is going to emerge, and then. A wide receiver, um, frankly, I think it's even better group than last year. They are extremely deep. Uh, a lot of guys who played good roles last season, but not huge roles, were primed for you know for bigger ones. There's, there's a really good sophomore in Cole Shakir. John Hightower was a senior. He had a great year. And Octavius Evans, who's a junior, missed most last year with injury. Uh, I would have guessed would have been their number one last year, but he was hurt. So they've got a lot of talent there, too. So I think that even though the answers aren't obvious at this moment. I think they'll be okay on offense, but uh, the quarterback and running back question marks are so big that it's tough to say that they'll be great, but I, I think just the talent level is good enough where they'll have another good year on offense. So Cord blew out his ACL, I think it was mid-season last year, and so he's on his way back. Bachmeyer was there for spring ball, so he has a, at least a little bit of experience, not much, obviously no game experience. Uh, is it Cord's job to hold off Bachmeyer? Yeah, that's the way I see it, and, that, and that's the way I've kind of thought about it. Even, I mean, even during the spring when it wasn't until the very end we even saw Chase starting to throw a little bit. Um, he, he was he was Brett Rippon's backup last year until he got hurt. Um, his third snap of college football was at Troy, and he had a 44-yard touchdown on that on, on only his third snap. So th- there's a there's an element that he brings in terms of that mobility that was very appealing to people because they haven't had a ton of those in the past. Grant Hedrick being the exception, Jared Zabransky maybe, but um, he. He, he was he's a talented guy, but then when he tore his ACL in October, that kind of threw a huge wrench into the whole thing. And even right now, he's pretty close to 
back to normal, but I wouldn't say he's 100%. And we're sitting here two and a half weeks away from the opener. So, um, you know, I, I think he still is probably the most likely candidate, but, but Hank you know, came in and was essentially the number one or two quarterback in the spring as a true freshman, and he's been right up there with, with Chase so far in, the, in, in fall camp. And uh, sky's the limit for that kid because he's one of the best recruits they've ever signed in terms of, you know, an offer list or a 24-7 ranking. So, uh, so he's, you know, he, he, he certainly will be in the mix right until the end. And if they pick him, I wouldn't be stunned. So you've got uh, all these discussions about the skill player. Have they got the line in front of them? Yeah, uh, I think they have. They have. They have some offensive linemen. <laughs> yeah, they, they, all five. All five guys who were, who started at least uh, half the season are back from left tackle all the way to right tackle. So that's at least one of the most stable position groups, if not the most stable on the team. Um, you know, on the left side, Ezra Cleveland at left tackle probably is a guy who. You'll see in the NFL draft in April. Um, he'll probably be an early entrant. He's that good. Um, and the, the right side struggled a little bit last year, especially early on. Uh, and I wrote about that just a couple days ago. And um, they found a little bit of stability when they put in John Triple at right tackle. And, and he's back as a sophomore. And I think they're very confident that they can start off better than the last two seasons. They've had pretty bad Septembers in the offensive line. So if they can. You know, with five guys back, with with the same group, they all were healthy in the spring. That they think they can start off better, and I I wouldn't be surprised if they did. So you mentioned Shakur is just as a sophomore, uh, and we were used to some pretty good receivers in Boise. Is he the next one in terms of NFL talent? I think he would be. I think he'd be the most obvious um, candidate for that. He's a guy that um, when he was in high school, kind of you know, I think his senior year in Marietta, he was kind of more of a running back than a wide receiver, and. You can kind of see that skill set that they like to give him, you know, wildcat snaps, end around, you know, screens, things like that. Um, and he returned some kicks. Uh, his last his last catch of the season was against Fresno State. He had a, a 50-yard touchdown catch, and he actually hurt his knee making it. So his very last play was kind of a big play. And uh, and he, he definitely is the one that, I, if I had to guess, I think he'd be the top receiver. But John Hightower, you know, who's preseason All-Mountain West, uh, last year was just a home run hitter type, and he's extremely fast, pretty raw, but uh, he's going to be the guy who's going to be able to take a end around 80 yards for a touchdown or you know catch that catch that deep ball. Those are probably the two best things that he can do. So I'll put Hightower right behind him, but I think Khalil's you know a guy who's definitely the number one type guy. So at Utah State, they've got uh, the quarterback back, they've got a running back back, and they've got to put together a whole bunch of new starters, including a new uh, offensive line. How is, BYU, how is Boise State's defensive line going to look? Yeah, the defensive line, uh, you know, I think if teams have strengths and they want it to start up front, they definitely have that on offense and defense, too. Um, on defense, Pretty much all, you know, I would consider them to have three starters on, on the defensive line. They, they, they'd be bringing back three of them. Uh, if you include David Moa, who's now in his sixth year uh, at defensive tackle, and uh, Sonatani Louie at nose tackle, he's a Utah kid, and Chase Atata at defensive end. And behind them on the interior scale of Gahan was a true freshman last year who actually on that last play was, you know, took down Zach Wilson um, when, when BYU was threatening. And he's, he's he's kind of the next guy up. I think with two seniors in front of him, he'll he'll get in the mix quite a bit as a true sophomore. But he's the, he's the sort of guy who I think will end up being an All Mountain West type guy too. So I think the defensive line is going to be you know the, probably the best part of the defense for them. 
You say the defensive line is going to be the best part of the defense, even though they got four of the five DBs coming back. I I would say so. The, the, the DBs are still good, but um, but if you kind of look, they 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 were kind of prone to giving up some big plays last year, and I think that they struggled sometimes against some of the better teams. I mean, like Oklahoma State, uh, Avery Williams, who's going to be the number one corner now, he kind of had a tough game, and um, you know, Keiko Nawahine. At safety had kind of a, a down year, but part part of that was because DeAndre Pierce, uh, one of those guys you talk about coming back, missed most of last season. He lacerated a spleen when they played up in Wyoming at the end of September. So I think that that group is is very good. It's still I still think they have a little bit more to prove. They last year they tied for the lowest amount of interceptions in school history. They only had seven um, as a defensive, you know, as an entire defense. So I think these guys can step it up. They they should be pretty good considering the experience, but I still think the line's going to be you know the best part of what they have. So Boise State doesn't play BYU until October. They don't play the uh, Utah State Aggies until late November. They got Florida State right out of the gate. How prepared are they going to be for this, or could this get ugly? Uh, you know, I, I, I think it, just looking at well, Florida State last year wasn't that good. Um, and Boise State has usually done, done pretty well in these games, you would think, oh, they, they have a great chance. And I, I think they do. But um, recent history, I mean, playing, you know, when they played against Baylor in a bowl game, when they played against Oklahoma State on the road, uh, they lost a home to Virginia. Like, they haven't done that great against the Power Five teams lately. And, and it, it's going to be fired up as I think they might be, and that caliber of athlete, it, it, could, it could get out of hand. But I, but I think Boise State's well is equipped to be able to handle it. I, I don't think it'll be a blowout, but. At this at this moment, I yeah I, I have a tough time definitely seeing them pulling out the win with a new quarterback over there because that's a really tough environment. You know they're essentially going on the road, and the the caliber of athlete and the speed just the speed was so stark against Oklahoma State, and I and I kind of look at that with Florida State and go they might be even faster. So um, it, it could be a really tough time for Boise State, but they've never ceased to surprise me and maybe pull one out. But I, I think it'll be, it might be a tough one down there. If I remember correctly, Harson came aboard after the BYU contract was signed, and he didn't seem like he was thrilled with having to play them the next eight years or whatever it is. As this contract progresses, I mean, I think BYU and its fans down here really enjoy this series, even though I don't think they've had the upper hand by any stretch. What's the feeling right. up there with the coaching staff and the community and the administration about continuing this series? Uh, yeah, because initially when they did sign it, um, that was that was before Harson. But they they they, they extended it um, when he um, when he was here. I, I I do think that he is the sort who at first maybe wasn't over the moon about it, but I think as he's played in it and through talking to him, I think he's he's gained more of an appreciation for it. If you look, those games have usually been pretty close. Um, there's a bit of a rivalry there just because of. The close games, and also because I, I really don't think that they've developed much of a um, you know much of a rivalry with anyone in the Mountain West. Still, <laughs> you know, I mean, most of the other teams that are rivals are in the West and don't play them every year. So, um, I think he's enjoyed that, and even even the twist with Zach Wilson being over there now. Obviously, he was committed to Boise State. Um, I think adds a little bit more spice to it. So, I think that I think that Harson's kind of it's kind of grown on him a little bit more. And as far as the fans go. I think they love it. If you look at the attendance, it's always pretty good. I know BYU travels some people too, but 
Um, the fans here get pretty amped for it, and I think that uh, every year that they look forward to that game as much as any. And and I think that this year should be no exception because it might be it might be their toughest outside that Florida State game. So inside the division, Utah State is picked to finish second, and you know different teams have. Uh, I mean, the Aggies have gone to the conference title game once, but so have Air Force and Wyoming. Does Boise State just kind of view them as you know teams that must be kept in order and slapped down? Have they built any rivalries with any of them? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there there is a little bit of that, and, and I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with with the way you put it. But um, Utah State is the most obvious one. If they could try to do that, I think being able to be consistently a, ch- a challenger would help. Um, last last year's game they came up here was a, was a great game, um, you know, and, and they had a lot of hype to it. But of course, all the fans kind of poo pooed it, and they were just like, no, 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 they're they're not. You know that they're not that good, and they were pretty good. Even even though the final score, Boise State put a touchdown on them at the end. Um, I, I think that, like even this year, if they're going to be pretty good, if Jordan Love's going to be the guy that everyone thinks they will, um, Mike Stanford's the OC now, and he's a former Boise State quarterback, and he was the OC here when they won the last Fiesta Bowl. So there's a little bit more added to it this year too, and I think that uh, if if Gary can kind of maintain some success over there. It would really help because, you know, Wyoming hasn't always been that great. Air Force is definitely a, a challenge for Boise State, and it was really difficult because they lost to them three years in a row. But but there, there hasn't quite been the, the vitriol. It's, you know, it's, it's an academy, and, and, and they save that for Army and Navy. So, so I think that if Utah State can, you know, kind of be a consistent eight-win sort of team, then I think Boise State might actually have a bit of a rival, which I don't really feel they have right now. Well, maybe BYU though. I mean, I realize it's not a conference right. game, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and, and if I had to pick one that Boise State had was the, the closest thing to a rival, would definitely be, be BYU. And you know, I, I know I've written about it a couple times, asking players, asking coaches if they think think of it that way. Harson says everyone's a rival, but um, you, you definitely can tell from other people, you know, all, all the guys on this team that uh, BYU is definitely the closest thing they have to it. I don't think Marshall, their second opponent, is a rival. They've played them once before in 1994, so I, I, I would disagree. No, okay. yeah, I, I agree. It's definitely not a rival. You got me there. <laughs> they played once before, so I would disagree. I mean, anytime they chant, we are Marshall, that just gets the blood going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so with Harson and his relationship with the fans there, uh, Boise State's won one conference title in four years. People restless? Do they realize it's a new era and the Broncos can't win at the clip they did 10 or 15 years ago when they were killing it in the whack? Uh, how, how do people right. handle this? You know, I, I, think, I think the rational fans would understand kind of how things have changed, that as good as they were and as good as they usually are, they're more of this sort of team. They're not a top 10 team year in, year out. I know people would love that. I think any fan base would love that. Um, I think most people kind of understand where they're at. Um, what, what, is, what I think has bothered some people is, you know, kind of losing at home, which was, used to be so rare. But even you know, last season, they lost Mountain West Championship at home. They lost to San Diego State at home. Um, that has kind of got, you know, got under most people's skin. If, if there's anything about being really critical of Brian Harson, he's still a guy who wins 10, 10 games a year. Um, but, I, but I think that it's, you know, he, he's, he's a Boise guy. He, he, you know, I live like two blocks away from where he grew up. From, I live right by his dad's house. And, uh, you know, it's, it, he's, he's a Boise guy. And I think people appreciate that. But he hasn't quite taken them to the highs that Pete did. Like you said, winning one conference title in the last four years, um, 
he has he has one festival, which is great, but uh, but that's been you know it's five years ago now. So I think that people would love for one of those years, and um, you know I, I think that uh, it's not going to be coming now, but it might be soon. But uh, I, I think I, I think he's liked he's liked pretty well. But uh, when when the standard is Chris Peterson, Kellen Moore, Brian Harson, and Brett Rippin still were really really good, but not quite that high. So I think still in some people's minds it's it's a disappointment, which I don't think is fair. Dave Southern, Boise State Bronco rider for The Athletic, joining us. Dave, thanks for coming on. Give us a preseason look. And when they get ready to play the Cougars in October and the Aggies in November, we'll check back in with you then because, you know, we're family. That, that, that would be fantastic, guys. I'll see you at the, at the reunion. All right. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Bye. The Broncos. Trying to get back to the conference title game for a third straight year. It's been Fresno State and Boise State here the last couple. They've split the last two. See if they uh, can get it done. Or Utah State, the second team in that division, second pick, second place pick. Well, most likely it's either or. And I think this might be a great opportunity for the Aggies uh, if Jordan Love goes to the NFL after this season, which he has that option. And whoever is the quarterback, whether it's court or – Bachmeyer next year obviously would have experience. My guess is it'll be Bachmeyer at some point. He'll take over the job and he'll play. And so he'll come back next year with experience. So, and if Love leaves, well, I know they, they like uh, who they have there as a backup for Utah State. Uh, but what's the guy's name? Columbi? Henry Columbi. Yeah, Columbi, which would be ironic. Because assuming he and he stayed with the idea uh, that maybe Love leaves, so then he's the starting quarterback. And if Bachmeyer wins it, you'd have two guys named Hank as the starting quarterbacks in that Boise State Utah State rivalry. You can see the when, ESPN promos now, when right? When has that ever happened? Hank versus Hank. Well, Friday at no, 7 p.m. I think on ESPN2. It'll be, well. <laughs> 815, yeah. come 815. on. 815. Right. My and bad. they will build that as the hanky panky bowl. Ooh. He liked it. Yeah, but he's from Utah <laughs> County. <laughs> I'm not dismissing it. I thought it was clever. Yes. So that was all the setup. Yeah, you, you're building towards something. I think we're all clear on that. It'll yeah. it be the, so that the coming. two guys named Henry and Hank, so it'll be the hanky panky bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Set your watch by the Hanky Panky Bowl. And hopefully. BYU will never play in the Hanky Panky Bowl? No. Oh. That'll be for, what do they call it, the Mountain Division over there? And so it's the Mountain Division title in the Hanky Panky Bowl. And the winner then will be so excited, of course, they will do the Hokey Pokey. Clearly. After Are you done, or if you win break the Hanky Panky Bowl, <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> and that leads us into Hanky Panky. He's not a guest, but he is in our studio right now. Andrew Reinhardt <laughs> is here, Wasatch Medical Clinic, 
wants to help you with Hanky Panky. <laughs> and Andrew walked in in the middle of that, so he's not completely sure how we got there, but he's just going to roll with it. It's a he's a trained, he's a trained <laughs> professional. You know how I know he's a trained professional? Because he, he always wears the scrubs. Yeah, I know, man. You can't just buy the scrubs and just walk around town. And no, no, that no. Would be you, wrong. Have to be, you have to have some authority. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> PK wears them because he was pre-med on Friday nights at Arizona State. Okay. Yeah. And right. it lingered into Saturday morning. Yeah. <laughs> and then back to being a flunky. All right. All right. Wasatch Medical Clinic, uh, Andrew Reinhardt here, a permanent treatment for ED. Yeah. Permanent, yeah. Because you you say that you deal with clients anywhere twenties to nineties, yeah. So for the twenty year old, permanent has a really good sound. Yeah. Um, so guys are are used to taking the pill, of course. You know, every time and week in and week out, they take it. Uh, they go through our treatments, and it's not something you have to repeat. So you would have to do a few treatments initially. They're about ten minutes. You do them at our clinic in Murray. Call it two or three weeks worth of treatments, um, and that's it. It, it lasts, this opens up the blood vessels, regrows blood vessels, similar to kind of lifting a, you know, a muscle in the gym and it rebuilds stronger and better. That's, that's a similar thing to what we're doing. Um, it gets guys off of the medication. Bottom line, natural function in the bedroom, no more side effects, no more pills, no more pre-planning. Um, guys come in and say, this is, you know, it's too good to be true. Something that would work like that. 801-901-8000 is the number. And if you call, they've got a deal going right now. We do. Pick up the phone and call, especially if you're apprehensive or curious. You'll be more comfortable than you think. Um, We will do an initial exam, assessment, blood flow, ultrasound. The medical doctor that specializes in erectile dysfunction will spend about 30 or 45 minutes with you, tell you if these treatments will work. Um, That's a totally free process to those that call now. 801-901-8000. And... uh are you guys open uh, You know, for people working? How late are you open? Yeah, so we do 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day, and then we do 7 to 2 on Saturdays. Okay. 801-901-8000. Andrew, thanks a lot. Thank you, guys. And now, attention. Top of the Wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Colts clarified that Andrew Luck's lower leg injury is now a high ankle issue. His status for the season opener against the Chargers is in doubt. Washington has rebuffed multiple teams' offers to trade for seven-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle Trent Williams, who is holding out of training camp due to his concerns with regards on growth on his head and how it's treated over the years. Former Cowboy quarterback turned CBS broadcaster Tony Romo says it's only a matter of when, not if, the Cowboys get Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott, and Amari Cooper signed to new deals. HBO reportedly in negotiations with four college football programs for a hard knocks type show. Alabama, Arizona State, Penn State, and Washington State are the schools. PK can report that there have already been cameras at ASU at practice as recently as yesterday. It was Monday. Monday. Major League Baseball, Dodgers get their 80th win. They bury the Marlins 15-1 with six homers. And Kyle Seager goes deep three times as Seattle beats Detroit 11-8. Bees are off today. They host El Paso tomorrow night at Smith's Ballpark. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Diamond Airport Parking. Fantastic rates, free car washes, 24-7 shuttle services, detail oil changes, and glass repair while you're away. Diamond Airport with the best rewards program in Utah, only airport valet service in Utah. Park right and save just off I-80 and Redwood Road. That's Diamond Airport Parking. This 
is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Yoli Child suspended for nine games. If Yoli was clearly encroaching on the rules to take advantage of a situation, and you could clearly see that this is taking advantage of the rule and creating advantage for your team or for you as an individual, clearly knowing what you're doing, then, yeah, I'd be like, yeah, it's nine games. Even if you feel like you were innocent, you'd have to do it. That's not the case here. This was an easy one to get right, and the NCAA went out of their way to get it wrong. Nine games if he had done something wrong. In my opinion, he made an innocent, easy mistake that I'm certain other players that are coming back to school also made and just haven't reported. Right. And they'll get away with it. Yeah. And BYU will not. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. One-two pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. And Chris Sale has reached 2,000 strikeouts in the fewest innings in Major League history. He's done it here tonight in Cleveland, and the Red Sox lead it 2 to nothing. Chris Sale, 30 years old, fastest to 2,000 career strikeouts in terms of innings pitched. They call him Garage. Did you know that? As in Garage Sale? Yeah. Red Sox get the win. Boston beats Cleveland 7-6 in 10 innings. Minnesota won, so Minnesota's got the division lead. The, the strikeout thing, I don't know, is that officially a record? A mark? It's a milestone. It's not a, a record. Milestone. No. And one that will be done progressively earlier at the rate guys are striking out. Start racking those babies up earlier. Bueller. Wow. Keep your eye on Bueller. Bueller. Walker Bueller of the... Dollars. He's a young phenom who is on the verge of taking over the B ace role for the Dodgers with Kershaw still good, but a little older. Not throwing quite as hard. He's down a couple miles for sure. Yeah, and Bueller Bueller just looks like a star in the making as long as he does not have an arm injury. So I would expect him to be like the next uh, maybe this generations of Verlander racking up the K's. Other things we have discussed this morning, HBO. It's going to help recruiting. Get those cameras in there. Herm Edwards selling it. Got all that TV experience. Hard knocks, the college version. Herm's a very charismatic guy for sure, yeah. And you know, I've spoken to some folks off the record, including here at Utah, who think he, who they collectively think he has the opportunity to cash in on that personality. Remains to be seen whether they can do that. You know, certainly not this year. Uh, They're going to start a first-year freshman quarterback, and I have to believe they're the only team in the country whose number two quarterback is also a first-year freshman. Uh, so I would think they would be aiming for next year and the year after. And, and I'll, I'll say this right now. Utes, if you don't get them this year, when the hell are you ever going to get them? <laughs> <laughs> you got a senior quarterback. They got a freshman quarterback. Right. You're not Utah State trying to build a team around a quarterback with nine starters gone. You got a lot of people back. Yeah, if they don't get them. And this Daniels kid that they named – We'll see if he pans out. You never know on these quarterbacks, but he's got all sorts of credentials and this and that. Uh, he had only thrown one interception uh, in all of spring and all of fall camp until they named him the starter. And in the first practice after they named him the starter, he threw two. 
<laughs> like what the freak, man? Okay, <laughs> but you know how stats are. Did he make bad throws and DBs just dropped it? Or on these two, having read, he said they were both bad reads. Yeah, bad reads. Yeah, and the other one that he had was a tip. But uh, so Edwards has brought the the program a lot of publicity. But what does that mean? It has to. Everything has to translate to, to wins, to or it doesn't matter. And then to wins, right? Yeah, I mean, you can expand, you can build, you can do whatever you want. But if it doesn't translate into wins, then it's kind of hollow, and it doesn't really matter. And I almost texted you yesterday because I was at the gym, and two hours into the afternoon show. They took ten minutes and talked about the devils. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I I I almost got on the phone and I, they're they're doing it they're doing it because <laughs> they get so little publicity, and especially this summer. I mean, the NFL and Major League Baseball are the two things yeah. that in most markets would eat up the attention, and we don't have either one here, so we talk college football. And yeah, that, I don't and, know that's summer Arizona, versus any summer though. In Arizona, you got both. Well, you got Kyler Murray. That seems that to me that would seem like yeah. Extra but juice. last year was the new coach replacing right. Arians, yeah. and Carson Palmer had retired. Well, so, the NFL, I it's mean, always the, something. The, yeah, it's the NFL, exactly. it's always something. And so, and but the, Kyler Murray's very intriguing. Quarterbacks, where it's at. Well, oh, I'm super excited to see sure. how he does right. as a an, fan. It's a little yeah. extra juice, but there's a storyline every summer. Right, and if there it's aren't, the NFL, you create them, but right. they're, they're there, they're they're, right. they're handed to you. And then you got Major League Baseball. If the Diamondbacks have something going, and we talked about that earlier in the show, they're on the fringe of the wild card race, two and a half games out, where they've been since all day year. One. <laughs> right, and you're like waiting for the two game losing two streak. up, two down, Get two back up, to two down, two up. Two I down. meant to look at that during one of the breaks <laughs> to see if they really hadn't had any four game streaks. That would be remarkable. <laughs> you think at some point, well, you'd win six out of seven, but then you know. You lose four out of five, or outside it, of the Dodgers, it is the definition of mediocre. Yeah, I mean, I think in June the Rockies went six games above five hundred, and now, and now they're, they're like twelve games below. Uh, they're now fourteen below. Fourteen? Yeah, they're yeah, they're dead last. I think since that time they went six games above, whenever that was, mm-hmm. from that night until now, they have the worst record in the big leagues. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. They can't get it done. It's hard to win, man. It really is. You have to have so many things go your way. And with the Jazz, it's hard. It's hard to do, and it looks like they're going to win. You just saw a thing that's got them with the fourth best chance to win the title. ESPN has that BPI, Basketball Percentage Index. It's their own kind of RPI it. kind of. Yeah, I don't know how they get it. And they gave the Bucks a 25% chance of winning the title, made them the favorite. Gave the Clippers a 16% chance of winning the title. I think Philly had 15, and the Jazz had 10, and the Nuggets had 8. Those are the five they put on the, on the screen. I'll take that. Didn't have anything for the Lakers. Oh, yeah, second best team in the West, and a 1-10 in 10 shot of winning the title? When's the last time you could say that? Second best in the West? They haven't been a 1-2 or two seed in the West since 99, I think. I think the year after they went to the finals, that strike or lockout shortened year, whatever it was, yeah, yeah, shortened yeah. by the labor deal. They only played 50 games and right. the Spurs won the title. Uh-huh. Blazers knocked the Jazz out. I think the Jazz were two and the Blazers were three. I think that's the last time. 
That's 20 years. That was Hornacek's retirement, wasn't he? He might have played in 2000. I have to look it up. But it was right at the end of Jeff, yes. So, going on 20 years. Yeah. The, they've been in the 4-5 series three years in a row. And they were in the 4-5 series multiple times with the Darren Williams-Carlos Boozer group. I think three times there in four years. They were an eight seed one year also. They had like 47 or 48 wins, and they were an eight seed. The West was stacked. I think also, too, I think there might have been some mediocre teams that allowed uh, some uh, win totals to get a little higher back then. I think this West, this version of West... I think this it's is the stacked best, that it's been. The most stacked, I right. guess you'd say. That's what I would say. It was stacked then. I think if you have to, if 48 wins get you eighth, but I get your point. They're going to be three or four teams at the bottom and everybody's cleaning up on them. You know, that's where a lot comes on and says, oh, these four teams, you got to go, you got to go 11 and one right. against these guys. And you probably will, but I think in those four, you look at the West, those teams have some promise. If you look at whoever those four might be and throw in cat, uh, nominees, Phoenix, well, you got eight, Aiton and Booker. That's a decent combo right there. They'll screw it up with that <laughs> ownership, but that's a decent combination. Minnesota, Obviously, Sacramento, New Orleans. I think I like what Sacramento's doing. I like what New Orleans is doing. I New like Orleans what is Dallas a, is doing. New Orleans is getting a lot of national TV time. You think people just want to see Zion? Oh, yes. That's yeah, just a simple thing with him. It's, it's the Duke it's, thing. Then they get so much pub. Right. He was the story in college hoop last year. And so, so get him yeah. on get him on TV. And they've got a decent little nucleus. So they may not win a whole lot of ball games, but I don't think they're trash. I'm not sure anybody in the West that I could absolutely say, man, you are completely and totally trash. <laughs> You're totally trash. Well, I mean it'd be Phoenix. Yeah, but that, that, that's that's a nucleus of Aiton and Booker. Those, right, I, I get that's that. A decent but everybody little else in the West, if you told me you're terrible, you go, we're terrible. Look at Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix. Was, I don't think they are terrible though. They're not. They're not going to win a lot of games because right. somebody's got to lose. But but you got something there. You do have a couple things to build on. Apparently, I could watch a Phoenix game and see those two players. See if they found a third to go with them. They were 14 games behind everybody else in the West. But at least they got those two guys. Well, they sucked last year. But, they, I mean, the Rubio should be able to help them. From what, based on what they had, they were absolute garbage at that position. Yeah, and you can't be too young because then you're At least lose, he's a, he's a halfway decent player. He did play on playoff teams here in town. Played big minutes. 10% chance for the Jazz, according to ESPN's BPI. I'll take that right now. 10% yeah. ja- chance for the Jazz to win it all, and that's fourth best. There's no dominant team. Nobody's got a better than 25% chance. That was, that was uh, Milwaukee. Particularly, yes. So, And Milwaukee's not even in the conference. So, true story. And I told this to Steve Starks the other day. I said, traditionally, with my wife being a school teacher, we take that first week, they get out on a Friday – uh, last year, we were gone by Friday at 1 o'clock, and we'd take that following week off. I told I said, hey, we may want to hold off on that this year. I know it's a long shot, but it's a shot. So you're saying there's a chance. I think there is. So I'm, I'm right now, I mean, we haven't made any plans yet by any stretch, but I might push that back. The last several years, I've done that that very week. 
And then, of course, you, you gravy trained my week, and then both of us were off, and I had to take all sorts of heat for it. I only gravy trained two days. Didn't gravy train the whole week. I know. You took like nine days. I mean, suck. Yeah, it was awesome. Had a good time. And then you're telling me about the full body tan, and it's like, enough, enough. TMI, TMI, TMI. I did not do that. (laughs) There's a TMI story I could tell you. Honey told me about it. Maybe I'll tell you off the air. Oh, sweet. (laughs) Let's go to break now. (laughs) (laughs) Everything except the TMI in this segment was brought to you by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. Your feedback next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Three, two, one, one, one. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. As we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see you on five. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union. The Southtown Auto Mall. And Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Sorry for your feedback. Brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. People have been tweeting at us today. When did the hype start for BYU football in 2019? I thought they were just hoping to not start the season 0-4. That's a Ute fan right there. We just had the odds on... The Jazz winning the title, 10%. What are the odds on BYU starting 0-4? 10%? Stick with that number? They're going to get one? They usually get one? Since they win independent? I like that statement right there. They're going to get one because they usually get one. Yeah. They're 5-13 and 13 against Power 5 schools since they went independent. So what are the odds of going 4 They should be good enough to get one. Something should go their way. There's enough talent there that they should be able to beat somebody. 10% chance they go 0-4. 50% chance they go 1-3. What are the odds they go 2-2? Two two? I'm pushing 2-2. Two two. That's the goal? Well, that's my goal for them, yeah. Obviously, that's not their goal for themselves, but it's my goal for them, 2-2, two two, yeah. Live Lifer, read your conversation on fans and their passion and BYU fans. I've been to games at LES. At LES. The two rows in front of us were all Mia Maids from the Lehigh Fourth Ward. That would be Maya Maids, but you know. Don't watch a lick of the game. Well, Members, that, period. That must be true. Not fans, period. Yeah, we're, but see, we're not talking about home games because there's – Tens and hundreds of thousands of them that can go a five-minute drive. So let's. I'm talking about Tennessee. You're not going to drive 200 miles to go see them play just because you're a my maid and BYU's in town. There's a commitment there. There's not that many latter dayers in Knoxville. If you're, if you're driving from Nashville, 
you're making a commitment. Or it's Memphis. not just something to do. Whereas right. here in town, that goes against everything I'm saying. You can just go over because it's something to do. And it's not like BYU. They don't set their tailgates out on Wednesday and have a big, long feast. They roll in 20 minutes before kickoff, and then they're gone in the fourth quarter. So it's almost like going to see a movie for them. So don't compare it to home games. We're not talking about home games. What a stupid, asinine take. (laughs) What can it take? Stupid, comma, asinine. (laughs) Yes. And pay the freak attention, you idiots. Yeah. All right, you got anything over there, people tweeting at you? Anything you want to know? The Hammer. He's got his game-by-game prediction. John Wilner, good news for the Utes. 12-0. Well, he's got them for ASU in Arizona. I think he's going alphabetically. And he's got them, the Utes, beating the Sun Devils on October 19th. What do you have ASU and Arizona finishing? I haven't looked at Arizona's, uh, but he's got them at 4-5 and five and then winning their uh, last two games. Interestingly, he's got them beating Oregon. I thought Oregon's supposed to be all that. Pick to win the North. Got to pick some upsets, though. Can't just pick chalk the whole way. And you're the king of there's always five head scratchers. Sure, but you the two weeks before, two games before, he's got them losing to both L.A. schools and then beating Oregon. Now you're coming into that game. You're coming According to his predictions, he's, they're coming into that game with a three-game losing streak. And then they turned it around by beating a big dog, huh? It's a very specific well, prediction. Well, I, I guess, actually, no, they'd be on a one-game winning streak because they play Oregon State the week before. Oh, okay. So he's got them beating Oregon and Washington State, but losing to SC and UC Los Angeles. Interesting. Unusual. Losing to Cal, but beating Oregon? Seems unlikely. But that just falls in the head, head-scratcher category. If they don't start 2-0... I will be in dire despair. You will be. Kent State and Sacramento State. Yeah, and then two and one, because don't they go to Michigan State? You just look at that, and you just go, who's the bigger name? Like, you did that with the other guy with You're Boise. You're taking a freshman quarterback on the road. Name me one player from Michigan State. Steve Garvey. <laughs> Brian Lewerke, our quarterback. <laughs> You did that with Florida State. Oh, Boise State has no chance. They're playing Florida State. Meanwhile, you, Florida State sucked. Yeah, well, so did Oklahoma State, and they got blown out by them last year. Oklahoma State was 7-6. and six, Florida State was 5-7. and seven. The key being last year. Right, and last year they had NFL guys at quarterback, running back, and two receivers and got blown out. Seems like at least worth a question. Right, but you had them losing. You didn't have it worth a question. That's what I asked him. And look at him. He's got Samurai in there with uh, Young Buck with the hairdo. What is Ooh. he doing? Looking good for the ladies. Buck, what are you doing, man? <laughs> He's going to be a new uh, golf reporter for every ESPN. Day, every They're... day your hair is looking more different than the prior day. What is going on with you? Just variety is the spice of life, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> your parents have just got to be in a downright panic. My parents support me in whatever I do. They're great people. <laughs> <laughs>
That's why we in love whatever Buck. Whatever you do, Buck. That's why we love young Buck. Whatever right now. you do, Bucky. He just takes it and just hands it right back. I here. don't know, Buck. You I just stand there. Activities. I'm good. Sometimes you just got to set your feet, put your hands on your hips, and dish it right back. I'm going to have to talk to Brother Lizer. I'm going to have to talk to Andrew Reinhardt from the Wasatch <laughs> Medical Clinic. Andrew, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing well. So, you've been here talking about uh, the uh, treatment you got for ED, and some of the candidates have other medical issues. Sometimes yeah. these things go hand in hand. So. Yeah, we see a lot of guys that are totally healthy that come in and are baffled they have erectile dysfunction. And then there's a lot of diabetics, a lot of guys with high blood pressure, a lot of guys with prostate issues. Um, so there are things that trigger erectile dysfunction. The good part is, for 85% of guys... This will work for you. Uh, get you off the pills, no side effects, natural function in the bedroom with just a few short treatments in our clinic. So obviously we have a lot of folks here who watch games. They see the ads for the pills. What are the main differences? The main differences are there are no side effects with our treatment. It's uh, non-invasive. It's not surgical. It's a device that's placed on the skin. Uh, Ten-minute sessions in our clinic. Um, natural function in the bedroom because it opens up the blood vessels in this part of the body. And keep in mind that ED is a blood flow issue. It's it's a lack of blood flow. So we're going to solve the root cause of the problem instead of being a Band-Aid, which is what the medication is. 801-901-8000 is the number to call. 801-901-8000 is the number for the Wasatch Medical Clinic. And you've got a deal for folks who call now. We do. And this is the last one of the day, by the way. Pick up the phone. Call us right now. We will do the initial exam, assessment, blood flow ultrasound with a medical doctor. It's an overview of you. Totally free. Um, it's normally about a $300 value. So give us a call now if you're struggling with ED and sick of the pills. 801-901-8000. Andrew, thanks for joining us Thank this morning. Thank you. Appreciate it. That'll do it for us. Tony Austin are up next.